a student that I taught during 9-11 who worked for the Washington Post and lives in New York City contacted me um, Friday night and she said, Miss O, remember that stockpile you always had? One of my friends in McKinney, she's got two small children. She is completely out of toilet paper. Do you have any she could borrow? And I said, she can't borrow it because I don't want it back. <laughs> we have to remember as advisors that we are a lot of times that solid ground for kids that we're always there for them. And I agree with you, whatever format you're allowed to contact your students through, if it is a group, some kind of group chat, there is contact, there's humor. Humor is incredibly important. Hi friends, it's good to be back with you. I, uh, I almost don't know what to say. Uh, this situation with the coronavirus has a lot of us scrambling um, and a lot of us, frankly, thinking in a, in a season that's typically your book above almost all else to get to those final deadlines. In so many ways, it's the last thing that, uh, that maybe either some of us are thinking about or the last thing some of us want to be thinking about right now. Let me say right off the top, you need to take care of yourselves, yourselves, your family, your loved ones, certainly anybody in any of the risk groups. Um, you need to get educated about the disease and uh, transmission and isolate. And I'm not a medical expert, uh, but I want you to understand that any of the advice that my guest and I offer in the podcast isn't at all geared toward uh, getting together with your kids, uh, going into the lab, uh, mysteriously running into them at Starbucks uh, for a work session. I think that's really wrong-headed and frankly dangerous and uh, would encourage you to heed the advice of, of Dr. Anthony uh, Fauci, who's been all over the airwaves saying, if you think you're doing enough, you're not doing enough. Um, I hate to start on a downer, but we are in a, a really unusual time. And uh, I hope that you know that, uh, that I'll, be, I'll be thinking about all of you and your programs uh, and certainly your family and loved ones as we continue to, to navigate this, this new territory. I asked uh, Master Advisor uh, and Retired Advisor Lori Oglesby Petter to join me for a little talk about how to confront the, the reality of final yearbook deadline season, uh, being out of school, how to handle coverage, how to be there for our kids and our staffs, uh, how to tap into the network and the resources that are out there, JEA, Facebook, and the rest. I think you'll find it uh, an informative listen, uh, maybe uplifting in parts. I hope you could use that right now. And uh, just appreciate knowing that there's, there's folks out there who are, uh, by and large, dealing with the same things that you are, how to finish these books, how to take care of our kids, how to take care of ourselves, how to be there for our communities. Uh, there's, there's just so much. And frankly, my brain is, is feeling a little bit full. Uh, there's not going to be a, an outro. I just want to thank Lori right off the top for taking the time with me today. And uh, she uh, name-checked an opportunity with your students for some at-home learning. And uh, I didn't get to thank her in the podcast, but I, I do want to draw your attention to both uh, back episodes of The Yearbook Wise, uh, episodes from Herf Jones's Mind the Gutter, uh, episodes from Ask Mike, 
and your book, Chat with Jim from Wallsworth. Uh, there's a ton of content out there in addition to what's being shared uh, free of the paywall uh, by JEA and some of the resources you'll find online. So listen, if you can go back, if you if we're out for a while and we get into yearbook theme development season, go back to episode 11 in my feed. It's our most popular episode ever. I talk about it all the time. People still listen to it all the time. I can see in the analytics it's a, a master class on theme development with Carrie Faust. And, uh, you know, maybe give that as some homework to your kids or to your rising editors or something like that. We want to maintain routine and normalcy for our kids. And if your yearbook is done, as you'll hear Lori and I discuss, you know, maybe there's a way to jumpstart your social media feeds and report on this and what your kids are doing at home. Uh, have your kids report on what their classmates are doing stuck at home. But also for the yearbooking of it, check out uh, Mind the Gutter and Yearbook Chat with Jim and Ask Mike and back episodes of the Yearbook Wise. There's a lot of great content out there, and I hope that you find some of it useful. For now, though, here's my conversation with Lori Oglesby-Petter. And go wash your hands. Joining me on the Yearbook Wise podcast today, uh, Lori Oglesby-Petter from Texas. Lori, it is good to have you here. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. It's uh, it's a it's a weird time. Um, I, there's no getting around it. Uh, we're out. Uh, we've got a planning day tomorrow, and then kids on Tuesday, and then we're going to be out till the middle of April. Um, that's up here in upstate New York. What kind of shutdowns and impact are you seeing with the virus outbreak down in Texas? We are finishing up spring break in the local district. Um, and then next week, they have already canceled classes for five days. Um, everyone around here expects it to be longer, though. Right, right. Well, before we get too deep into your booking in the age of the coronavirus, which is why I wanted to visit with you today, could you tell the audience just a little bit about your history with student media and journalism, um, your booking? And I know your, your place is, I see this on Facebook, like if I want to come down for pies or fruits or tomatoes or blankets, <laughs> like you're, you're in retirement, but you're still plenty busy. Uh, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am retired now after 35 years of advising yearbooks, newspapers, and online sites, and even a little bit of broadcasting in there. And um, I take care of my mom now. She's 95 and lives with us. And I also do a lot of canning, a lot of cooking, and I'm known for my stockpiles, which right now seems to be the wise thing to have. So I do publication consulting. Um, I visit a lot of classrooms. I still do workshops and I do a lot of judging. Matter of fact, I've been keeping myself busy this week with some judging. So I'm still in the game, but uh, I don't have as many deadlines. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Which it's funny, funny you should say that. I think that's pretty much what's uh, brought us together for this, this podcast today. Um, is anything coming up yet uh, garden-wise for you? Is it too early? No, we uh, already have our tomatoes in the windowsills. They're not outside yet, but... Really glad I did that this year because now I don't have to go to the nursery. I can just be self-sufficient from here in the house, growing from seeds. And you you crochet blankets, right, as part of volunteering? Right, and I donate most of them to yeah. charitable causes so that they can raise money. We just raised $350 last week for SIPA with uh, selling three blankets, so that was pretty exciting. Yeah, that was awesome. And, and how many blankets in are you so far in 2020? Do you keep count? Yeah, I do. It's it's. <laughs> 17. That's awesome. That is just lovely and wonderful. And, and that's great. 
Well, listen, we uh, we are yearbooking in in the era of uh, coronavirus, and um, I know, you know, I'm, I'm very close to my students as as you have been to so many of yours over the decades, and um, my kids are are scared and anxious, and um, I think in some ways, like our yearbook relationship is giving them a little bit of an anchor. Like there's a task that needs to be finished. Obviously, it has its own stress, um, but I in thinking about all the advisors that we're seeing on Facebook, um, on the listserv from JEA chiming in, there's a ton of uncertainty out there as final deadlines loom and and all the rest of it. So I wanted to speak with you today um, just to to kind of chat and maybe give some people some resources or perspective, maybe some comfort, um, certainly to share with all of them. They're not alone um, at all. Can you talk a little bit about some of maybe what you've seen in the going, I know you're still very much active in the networks and as a resource to advisors and things like, what are some of your observations at this point? And, you know, maybe the, the two weeks that this has been really front of mind in the U S I think that the, the thing I've seen is everyone worried about missing that final deadline. And I, I understand how important a final deadline is, but I think everybody's got to take a deep breath and step back. And it is what it is. You can't ask kids to come up to the school. You don't know their circumstances of who is in that 20% of vulnerable people back at their houses. Right. We've just got to take a step back and say, what kind of coverage can we do from where we are right now? And what is, are we capable of finishing right now? Not having the yearbook on time may very well be part of the story. Right. Um, right. And we shouldn't worry about blank pages. You know, you can't change people say, Oh, just cut pages. Well, you can't do that. Those of us in the yearbook world know that our covers are already printed at this point. Right. So they can't shrink the spine of the book. So I think that we have to be thinking and supporting of ways we can do alternative coverage. And it may be a little bit out of order. Um, you're not going to be able to shift pages because many yearbook companies already have sections of the book printed, entire signatures are printed. So you're not going to be able to shift a lot, but I think it's actually part of the story that you cover things. So for example, you have a, you're going to definitely have a sports spread that may not have what you need. So I saw the hashtag March sadness instead of March madness. So what a great idea for a spread. And it's, what did you do for sports today? They're running on you know, CBS tournaments from 2015. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, so just students' responses to that, how they're, you know, whatever they're doing, uh, pictures of them, maybe when they were playing, and then their little stories. I think that's part of it. And and you call it March that maybe somebody had tickets. Yep. We just have to figure out. I mean, the paper today when it was delivered, um, still had the target flyer in it that was getting ready for March Madness. And I went, oh, well, I guess it's a different type of March Madness. Right. So, you know, I think it's taking what's happening now and putting that slight twist on it. You know, I think, too, uh, as you were talking about sports, I was, um, you, you were thinking about the tournament. I was thinking about, uh, or you made me think about our spring sports season, which all of my athletes right. are thinking they're losing. So then, too, um, and thinking about visuals, thinking about putting together a spread, but we don't have access to our cameras because they're locked in the lab. Like, listen, get a, a an open, well-lit window, uh, not open glass necessarily, just to, you know, good open sky 
get a sheet of white. Good natural light. Yeah, get, get a good sheet of white foam board or a big sheet of construction paper or something and put a, 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 your put your design editor's uh, softball cleats on it, grab a, sna a snap with your cell phone, and you're on your way to one of those kind of like editorial uh, layouts we see in magazines where it's all about the equipment of stuff, right? And then you run it with a quote Absolutely. from the, the softball girl about why she was sad to miss her senior season, and, and you're off and running with coverage. Well, and that is the story. I mean, that is the story of this year. And it's just now, I also think, um, I mean, I want to hit on the phone thing. The cameras in our phones are better than what I ever started with, with digital photography. So there's no reason Amen, why we sister. can't get covered. Will it be those stunning shots from a, you know, 70 to 200, 2.8 lens? Probably not, but will it be great coverage? Absolutely. It yeah, is within our hands to get these things done. Um, I think I that I should, we should note, though. Let me let me interrupt you because you and I. I mean, I, I represent myself in the podcast. You're not employed by a school district. We are not suggesting that kids get together, get together with advisors. I'm saying that softball kiddo can pull off that photo in her kitchen and, right. and email it to somebody who puts it into a spread. Like we are, <laughs> the Yearbook Wise Podcast and Lori and Mike are saying, stay in your homes and don't cause problems. <laughs> Yes. And from the viewpoint of having a 95 year old mother, stay at home. Don't even go out with your friends. This is why we're out of school. Yes. Stay it's not, home. Yeah, it's not it's for important. funsies. Yep. Yep. Right. The phone, that's what I'm saying. If your cameras are locked up at school, you got, especially all the kids who are on spring break here, they may not have taken all their equipment home, but you've got a phone, you've got a camera. So, um, I think that part of the story also that's coverage that can fill some of this void of we're all having angst over is, you know, the day to day, like you take a day and you have one person, you know, maybe you let them tweet about it all day from the, your account and it's somebody you trust. And then that coverage is a day. And you do that for each day of what are people doing? Right. And maybe it's Instagram you know, whatever is more popular with your students. And then you, so you have a day by day coverage of what it was like to be quarantined of sort at home with one person. And they can just keep up with what they did all day. And I mean, I think there's, and you could get a freshman, a sophomore, a junior, a senior, you can change it up every day. And then you just pull the best of what they tweeted or posted and use that as coverage along with some of the pictures they took that day. Yeah. So I think that we just have to be creative. This is a story that I'm glad we're going to tell. I, I read one advisor say, dang it, we did finish and now we're not going to have any of this coverage in our book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I went, well, oh, actually, God. let's let's get into that because we so we at Tesserae, uh, I, I think, as you know, we print a 32 page supplement that keeps my kids going from St. Patrick's Day to the middle of May. We don't graduate until June 26th. Uh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Pray for me. Uh, but. Our supplement we print locally, and I know that Walsworth and Herf, Jostens, the Biggies, I, I believe I'm correct in saying this, they all offer supplement opportunities. Now, typically those would have already and been- And Balfour Friesen's. Thank you. <laughs> th yeah, no, exactly. Forgive me, and thank you for, thank you for saying here. that. Um, that, you know, those contracts have already been signed. Those decisions were already made. Right. A, a spine, uh, if not- planned for a spine cannot accommodate a 32 page supplement and to be very clear i'm not suggesting 32 pages that's just what my kids do right if you go to your local high quality print shop and say listen can we do a uh, a, a four panel or an eight panel saddle stitch which means just stapled 
um, right. eight and a half by 11 booklet, there's no reason that any yearbook in America, physically, the structure of the book couldn't accommodate that tucked inside the back cover. Um, That's right. And, and so then turning that in and, and then people could say, but, you know, I, I don't uh, have the means to get that PDF to my local printer. Well, maybe Balfour, Johnson's Regents, whoever could, you can use the online design platform, but export high res PDFs. Like we're in uncharted territory here. So I, I've got to think the companies are. would would support if they're like, well, we at Herf Jones can't print it because we're overwhelmed, but here's the high res PDFs. Take them to your local print shop. That could be awesome. Oh, it, it definitely could. And even if it's just a bookmark that's printed on cardstock. Sure. And that you printed in black and white, it could be added to the book. There are so many ways, but, you know, we're probably all in the situation, everyone will probably in the situation where some proofs are still out. And so there might be something pulled real quick and something dropped in there. Right. I say students need to be doing this, not advisors, um, because I think that it would, it, let this creativity come from the students. And, you know, that's another thing. This very podcast, people who are trying to teach remotely, pull these podcasts and have activities based on these podcasts. What a great way to have an interactive lesson and everybody hearing things from, it's like having a parade of guest speakers come through your classroom. We all have to think of ways to, you're right. And I promised Jeannie Acton I would stop saying uncharted waters because she hates sharks so much. (laughs) So this is a new frontier. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I think too. So, um, it's just finding new ways to do it. Um, the JEA curriculum is going to be really beneficial at this point. And they have released um, some are, of the materials outside the paywall just this week, they announced. Yes. They have put those out. And, you know, the uh, University Interscholastic League, so that's UIL.org, UILTexas.org. Sorry. Um, that's the Texas robust website with lots of materials. There are videos of me, Bobby Hawthorne, Jeff Moffitt, really powerful people teaching that you can use as a classroom lesson. Like they're just all kinds of writing things, uh, marketing, and they're from the convention where they were videotaped. And so there's those kind of things that people can use. Um, you just navigate to the journalism part of the UILTexas.org. But there's a lot of that. Um, you know, I think that, I mean, I'm certainly willing to do any kind of Google Hangout that'll help somebody just to, you know, whatever we need. I think a lot of us are going to pull together. Yeah. Uh, and I think that even, you know, kind of pooling our resources, like if you do a lesson on something and record it, share it with me so that I can also use it with my students right. or something live so that multiple people can join in. It's a little bit so self-serving, that- but it's a it's a good example. Sorry, Lori, that um, two nights ago I recorded about a 10-minute video on how to source Creative Commons images of the coronavirus and of, uh, like, there's photos in there from the MTA in New York City of people scrubbing down subway cars. Like, a kid right. in staff in Illinois might want a stock photo, not stock, but a, a Creative Commons photo. Um so I, I mean, not to sound, I'm not trying to sound self-aggrandizing, like check me out, I made this video, but that's an example of like, if you're going to do something with your kids, do record it, screencast it and put it out there for people to to draw on. That's huge. That's a great idea. I think journalism teachers are better prepared for this than any other that I know, because we are so closely connected that you can name, I can name an advisor in every state right now. Yes. And I don't know English teachers who can do that. And yes. I'm not, I love my English teachers. I'm just saying that we're very unique in how we network. 
And so I think that we also need to support each other. I mean, every time someone has panicked about their final deadline, you know, if your yearbook's late this year, it's not the only thing that's late. Yeah. I think you got to be reasonable, be sensible. You put no one at risk. You know, if the book is late, you don't pay overtime. You just, the book is late. Yep. That's what's going to happen. It's part of the story. Yeah. And it, it, this has never happened before. I think the last time that there's been this type of disruption, and ironically, it's the same year CSPA did not um, have their last convention. It was 1945 for World War II. And the same thing whenever, I, I do a lot of research about history of yearbooks and things. And across the country, there were very few yearbooks published in 1945. Mm-hmm. And it was because of the paper shortage and things. So, I mean, that's a great loss. And I'm certainly not saying don't print your yearbook this year, but I am saying that it's part of the story and you just have to go with it. We, and we have to do what's best and what's best for our country right now. It's best for our citizens. What's best for the world is to stay home. That's right. And I, I know that's hard. You know, I keep seeing pictures of people at restaurants and movie theaters and all that. And they're all young, healthy people. I even have one of my former editors on Florida in Florida on spring break right now. I could skin her, but we need to stay home. And that's part of this great story that we could be developing. And this great voice. Talk about really getting voice in your book when you're home and you know, the kid who has a bunch of siblings and you're having to watch them, that'd be a great kid. The kid who's an only child and mom and dad work somewhere and you're home by yourself all day. How do you keep up with what you're doing? That person, what about a foreign exchange student right now? We always have those stories of what's your favorite thing in America, but how about, you know, how is this for back home compared to here, especially if you have an Italian student and then, you know, somebody who like us has a multi-generational home and you have the 95 year old in your house. And now what, how does that change your life? Right. I I wanted to go back when you were talking about schedule, you know, looking at a, a spread, we have a nine period day, which is insane. But, you know, could you get nine kids uh, lined up on a spread and you say uh, first period starts at, at eight o'clock? Jeremy would be in U.S. history. But on at eight o'clock on Wednesday when we were out, Jeremy was walking his dog, blah, 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 maybe more than that. Uh, second or third period starts at 1015. Jenna is usually on her way to chorus, but at 1015 on Wednesday, she yada, 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 just to give it a little bit more structure. It's kind of similar to what you said previously. But just there's, there's Whatever platform your kids are following you the most on, you say, hey, tell us what you're doing all throughout right. the day. Yeah. And then you pick the ones you like and you contact those people and say, hey, can you tell me what you have second period? Right. You know, and then right. that's how you can tie it all together. And that way you have a lot to pick from. And, you know, I was, I made a little list, like, what are you eating? Right. <laughs> How much right. toilet paper do you have? <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. Oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, there's gotta be a toilet paper roll somewhere, a picture in your yearbook. Yep. It should be my house where I always have lots of toilet paper stockpiled. I have 12 packages and look, talking about making, you know, I think the last time I felt this much disruption in my life on a national scale was 9-11. Yes. And a student that I taught during 9-11 who worked for the Washington Post and lives in New York City contacted me um, Friday night. And she said, Miss O, remember that stockpile you always had? One of my friends in McKinney, she's got two small children. She is completely out of toilet paper. Do you have any she could borrow? 
And I said, she can't borrow it because I don't want it back. (laughs) (laughs) And I put a bag of toilet paper and Kleenex on the front porch. And she picked it up at 930 yesterday. Never taught her. She did attend McKinney High. But it was so strange that this is this kid I had during 9-11. Yeah. And it was this tie now. So anyway, back to the toilet paper, you know, um, did, you know, did you venture to the grocery store? What are you reading? What apps have you downloaded to start doing? What are you binging? I just put puzzles and games out on my front porch and said to my Facebook neighborhood, I said, Facebook, by the way, for you young people is this thing old people do. But anyway, it was, I said, Hey, if you're looking for some games or puzzles, they're almost all gone. And there were 15 games and three puzzles. And people just have, they, nobody took a whole bunch. They just took a couple. I, I think it's great, yeah. you know, to yeah. see. And so, what kind of thing like that? What are you, um, what are you baking? Yeah. Don't forget the news developments. Like, yep. Yep. this is the day they said this would happen. This is the day they said this would happen. And I don't want to get into bipartisanship. You want to keep it pretty neutral. Just stick to the facts. Right. You know, what are they being said? What what day did Paris close everything? You know, um, a big plant here that does um, space exploration and they also build bombs and stuff. Raytheon, they shut their plants down for three weeks. Wow. And so everybody whose parents works there, that's going to affect them. Dad's going to be home now. And so, you know... Uh, I think back to my favorite extra cover spread ever was in the Bryant High School yearbook when Margaret Soros was advising it. And they did the post-it notes where they asked people to write, give me your word, your life in six words. And they wrote them on post-it notes and took a picture with them. Why couldn't you ask kids to ask just on whatever platform is best, what's your life been like in six words and do that weekly. Yeah. And do it, do it for each week you're out and you're going to get the most amazing little coverage, you know, of stories because I mean, churches are canceled. Yep. Um, you know, when was the first case, um, uh, in your, in your community in sure. your area? Yep. I mean, these are all things that when we look back 30, 40 years from now, you'll go like, Oh yeah, that's right. The first, you don't have to say who it was. Let's don't get into privacy. But you could say the first case reported, for example, in my county, Collin County, was a 35-year-old with four children in school. Oh. So, you know, just that information that was released by the county. So, I mean, keeping track of all that, that's going to make an incredible spread, no matter where you have to put it in your book. And you know what? Just put on the folio, Corona. And, uh, well, um, just put the, you know, whatever the name of the disease is, I can never think of it. But the Corona coverage, maybe that's what you do. And you put that in there, wherever those pages are that you're worried about. Because I I cannot see full spring sports happening. And even if they do, when you get back, the yearbook companies are not magicians. They're going to have to get the books printed. And they also usually have other business during the summer so that the presses aren't sitting idle. So we are going to have to somewhat get them finished. So you may not be able to wait for a season. And then there's always rain and all that other stuff. So think of the kind of coverage it would be. That example you gave of, oh, my goodness, I can't get to play my senior year. That's got to be heartbreaking for so many people, especially if you were having a really great season. And, you know, if you were having a really bad season, maybe this is the best thing that could have ever happened. You know, you look at it that way. 
Um, or juniors, juniors that would be playing their hearts out right now on uh, hopes for recruitment in the fall. Oh, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. And then, you know, I don't know if this will affect college recruitment. Pretty much your senior year, they've already decided if they want you or not. But, you know, I, just all of that impact of what they're worried about. And then let's just be honest about what are you worried about? Right. You know, what are you worried about? I know that a lot of us are just now understanding why this is so dangerous. It's not that we're all going to die. It's that we may get sick and there may not be enough hospital rooms, ventilators, or even access to medical, medical professionals. And then what was something that could have been easily treated, they'll have to make choices about who gets treated. And so if we keep everybody apart and slow the progression of the disease, then we don't have as many people getting sick at the same time so that there's enough facilities. And when you start understanding that, you start going, oh my gosh, you're right. I see what my part is, but that also causes some worries. Am I going to be AP exams? What are they going to do about those? State yeah. testing. IB. Those are things that could be coverage now. Because I promise you, the kid who's taking AP classes who really is taking them because they're trying to save money by having more coursework done when they get to college, they're worried about this. And so what are those worries? And then who's offered them solutions? Just that kind of thing. So I think that a lot of interviews through telephone, I wouldn't text a lot of interviews. I might would find them through social media, but then I would call and get interviews, you know, DM, send a DM and say, Hey, can I call you? And talk to them and think of all the kind of coverage. And I think if every staff member were doing 10 of those a day about what are you doing right now? What's your favorite? What have you been watching? Um, you know, are you having to watch somebody? If everybody collected 10 little narratives a day, I mean, what a great exercise in everything journalism. Well, and let's, let's, let's uh, also not. So we just got a communication from one of our assistant superintendents and she said, our why is to keep kids on a routine and maintain a connection to school as far as like, that's our, like our motto through this, it's our why. And it strikes me that kids uh, compiling yearbook coverage, journalism coverage, wherever the platform is gonna be. I, listen, if a yearbook is already shipped, then they should crack open an Instagram feed and be doing this kind of reporting or something, but stay in the conversation, yeah. document it. And it's, got to these kids and, and I want to I want to transition here Lori back to to our staffs these kids need as much normalcy and routine as we can give them so I really like what you've just illustrated there of that expectation right but have your yeah. ten, have your 10 even have even have three like have three conversations a day in uh report them into the google doc by nine o'clock you know and yeah. it gives them gives them that routine you um minutes ago uh, talked about advising through 9-11. And uh, I wasn't an advisor yet. I was teaching. Uh, but I wanted to kind of frame this moment in your in our collective life through your experience supporting your kids, your staff, through that national trauma. Um, I said to somebody, this is not my original thought, somebody I follow on Twitter, an author said, this feels like a slow motion 9-11. Like we're going frame by frame of the planes going into the building and at the same time we're we're living the aftermath of it while it's still happening um our kids I, I i don't know what what you see of of teenagers down there mine are anxious mine are scared 
traumatized right. might be too strong a word, but how do you advise, how do you suggest advisors support their kids right now? I mean, is it, is it, is it group me or in Slack or even, I know sometimes there's policies about like not texting your kids, but like, like if ever there was a time to let your kids know you care about them, give them your damn phone number. Like this is human stuff, not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't want anybody to be not insubordinate, all. but yeah. Well, I think that McKinney is near DFW airport. And so we had many parents flying that day. We had um, one of our coaches actually went to high school with Todd Beamer, who is the guy who said, let's roll on the flight that crashed. Right. We had um, an aunt in the Pentagon while we were listening live to what was going on that, you know, she was panicked. So I think that we have to remember as advisors that we are a lot of times that solid ground for kids that we're always there for them. And I agree with you, whatever format you're allowed to contact your students through, if it is a group, some kind of group chat, make it a group email if it has to be. That you know, I understand that everything has to be um recordable in in texas that's the case now so it's a written record but if you could have that or you have an instagram account or and you're sending direct messages that way that's the publications account whatever you're doing that there is contact there's humor humor is incredibly important yes you know um you know whatever you can do some normalcy some plans for you know, um, coming up with funny headlines about whatever the day is just to see. And then whoever gets the best one, you know, you, you proclaim a winner every day. You know, we always had something going on our marker board that wasn't flippant, but at least helped us take the edge off. Um, I don't recommend that you all get together. Um, I don't recommend dropping by or any of that because you don't know the circumstances of what someone have, but that contact, whatever way is allowed, that contact could be incredibly important for that kid, especially maybe depends on the normalcy, if you want to call it that of a journalism classroom and their relationship <laughs> in there that helps them feel a little bit more connected in this world. And so, you know, whatever we can do for that, I think that's really important. Um, you know, I, I listened a lot. Um, we hugged a lot then, but don't want to hug mm, right now. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, you got to, it's the new, it's the new norm. And yeah. so I think that uh, some kind of contact in some way, whatever way is allowed, but certainly by this point in time in the year, you have a way that you send out communication. So I think it's really important to continue that, um, you know, that communication I also think it's important to know if someone does have a family member that's sick and then what could you do? You know, um, I know that people have offered and it's actually journalism advisors know that I'm here with my mom, know that I don't want to go to the grocery store. And they've said, Hey, whatever you need, I'll drop it by on your porch. And I mean, that's really important. I mean, it is. And I mean, and for advisors to even reach out to other teachers on your campus, this is a time that, you know, it's when we, we find out who we're really made of and we're not, the, we're irritated because you ask a question at the faculty meeting or that, you know, you won't let somebody 
in to interview or take photographs, but it's that time when we show our humanity. And I think if that rules what we're doing, then that's what's right. And I hope that's what comes out of this. Um, I have seen the tone change in some groups I'm in on social media. I think that there's still a lot of stupid messages out there, but when I find those that show the Anne Frank moment, I still believe that people are really good at heart. I think that's what helps us through these types of things. Yeah. I, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. And I think that tapping into those networks, uh, outwardly from us, uh, reaching out to our kids to support them, thinking about our own self-care too. And, and it could be, you know, I, I honestly, I was on my way out the door and I just had this overwhelming urge. Uh, I was going into school today for a thing we're doing tomorrow. And I had just this urge to go back uh, to the bedroom and hug my wife again. And not like I was, you know, prescient on, I was going to get in a car accident or anything. I'm just like, it just hit me. It just hit me hard in that moment. And, you know, right? it's, it's just a whole lot right now. You know, it's a whole lot. It is. So self-care, self-care is important too. And, and I think like, whatever platform you and I have via the, you know, hopefully 400 people who are going to listen to this thing, you know, you advisors, all of us, we're not alone in this, not as advisors, not as educators and, and not as human beings. I'm seeing a lot of great things in our own community up here in upstate. So, Hey, we're all in this together. That's one thing about journalism teachers. We all want to win, but we don't want the other people to lose. That's what I always say. And this is another one of those moments. You're, you're absolutely right. Lori, I really appreciate you uh, visiting with me today on the on the podcast. And, and I wish you and your mom and you and yours close to you down there in Texas well. Oh, my husband and my dog. <laughs> ah, there you go. And the, okay. and the tomato, the tomato seedlings. And the tomato seeds. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, you so much. You take care, friend.